Here you truly are among family and friends, and we are honored that you are here in this place today. I want to say hello to Chaplain Deborah of uh, Meadowbrook uh, Community and, and Rehabilitation Center. Could we give Chaplain Deborah, she's got about 14 folks with her today, amen, who have come from the chaplaincy program, amen, and we're so thankful. God bless you, and, uh, and we're so honored that they are here with us today, and we give God praise and glory for His mighty works. Amen. I'm reading this morning from the gospel according to Luke chapter 10. While you're turning there, I just wonder if somebody could give God a praise for what he's doing and ready now. My, my, my. In just a little over eight months time, over one million dollars given by the Tree of Life Church. And I, that is something, that is something that is nothing short of a miracle. And, and it's the, it is just one of many that are on their way. And we thank the Lord for that. God is opening the door of heaven upon us. He's opening the door of opportunity before us. And continue, continue to let the Lord lead you and use you as, as, as He leads us in this area of building a building for His glory. Amen. We thank God for that. I want to turn your attention to the gospel according to Luke the 10th chapter. I'm going to begin reading at the 38th verse of Luke chapter 10. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The word of the Lord says this, now it came to pass as they went that he, Jesus, entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house and she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus feet and I want to I want you to hear this and she heard his word but Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said Lord dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone bid her therefore that she help me Jesus answering said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. That good part which shall not be taken away from her. And, and I, want to, I want to focus in on that posture of Mary, sitting at his feet, hearing his word. And I want to preach to you today a question. Have you heard his word? Have you heard his word? Let's go together to the Lord in prayer right now. Lord, I thank you and I give you praise. For you are great and greatly to be praised. We thank you that you are in this place, in this building. We thank you that your presence is rich and real. I thank you, Lord, that you have led us and you have guided us, each one from our respective place of origin to this moment where you may speak to us. I pray, God, that you will, in fact, speak to us through your holy word. We give you praise and glory this morning in the precious and matchless name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Servanthood is at the very foundation of what it means to be a Christian. It is important that we never lose sight of the fact that God has called us to be servants. This week we lost two wonderful men. And we have reserved this seat here this morning next to Brother Stanley Harris. Amen. Bless you, Brother Harris. Because in the seat next to him was a wonderful man of God, Brother Marcus Harper, who was faithful to the house of God despite the challenges he suffered physically. He didn't talk about those challenges. He talked about 
wanting to be here to worship the Lord. And we honor his memory today. This is the spirit of a servant. Someone who recognizes that they owe all to the Lord Jesus Christ. The other individual that we lost this week, Bishop Paul Alexander Bowers, the longtime pastor and bishop of Greater Emmanuel Apostolic Temple, but also the presiding bishop of the Pentecostal Assemblies of the World, a man who has been greatly honored and esteemed worldwide. But if you knew him, you knew that none of those accolades ever made him feel like he didn't owe it all to the Lord Jesus Christ. He was humble, down to earth, a servant of the Lord. One of my favorite stories that was told over the weekend as we memorialized Bishop Bowers was told by one of the greater Emmanuel in-house pastors, Pastor Rudy Rizal, who said that he was, he was standing outside years ago talking to a man who wanted a Bible study. And he was going to teach him rightly dividing the word of truth. And, and Bishop Bowers saw him talking to the man out in the parking lot and walked outside a few moments later and set a chainsaw down next to him. And Brother Rudy Rizal looked at the chainsaw, looked at Bishop Bowers quizzically, Wondering, uh, yes, yes, sir, what, why, why did you put a chainsaw down next to me? He said, well, I figured when you got done talking to your friend, you could go cut a tree down we have in the back that needs to be cut down. <laughs> I love that story because that's how I was raised. My dad believed that, that, that you had to work for the Lord, serve the Lord. When my father went to Bible college in St. Paul, Minnesota, his dad called ahead of him arriving and said, now, I want you to put my son to work while he's there. And they said, okay, what, Reverend Urshan, what would, you, what would you like your son to be engaged in while he's here? He said, I want him to clean the toilets. <laughs> so that was his job when he got to Bible college because it's always about serving Serving the Lord, serving people. And I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, if you, if you are thankful, if you are thankful for there being a church, you must understand it was built by servants of the Lord. And the church is only going to survive when people are servants to the Lord. And when you serve the Lord, you serve people. And we must never lose sight of this glorious nobility called servanthood as a matter of fact when God came down into this earth he did not come down into this earth as an emperor he did not come down into this earth as a king in terms that we may identify him as a king but he came down here taking upon himself the form of a servant as a matter of fact his disciples in one place said, Lord, who is the greatest of all? And Jesus said, he that is servant to all is the greatest of all. He walked into a room with his disciples and he grabbed a towel and they were all debating who was going to wash whose feet. They were looking around the room trying to decide who was the least in the room. Trying to decide, well, you haven't done much. Why don't you start washing everybody's feet? And before they could even settle on who they deemed the most insignificant, Jesus grabbed the towel and started the process. And he was greater than anyone in that room. He was greater than Solomon. He was greater than Jonah, the Bible says. He was the greatest of all, but he said the greatest of all is the servant of all. And, and it doesn't matter how much you progress in God or how much you achieve in God. You and I, we never stop being servants of the Lord. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in one place that the son differs nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. What the apostle was teaching us is that 
Here you have a son and a servant. There is a difference, if you please, between the son and the servant. The servant receives a wage. The son receives an inheritance. That's the difference between a son and a servant. But, but the apostle was saying, you are no more servants, but sons, in that you're not working for the Lord and receiving a wage. You're working for the Lord and receiving an inheritance. But he went on to say, just because I say you are no more servants but sons, don't think you stop serving because a son differs nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. In other words, it doesn't matter how many gifts of the Spirit you have, you're still a servant. It doesn't matter how many accolades you have, you're still a servant. It doesn't matter how many things you accomplish or achieve, you and I never stop serving. If you've got breath in your body, serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And so this is a fundamental of the scripture. I want to I proceed further and say Jesus never stopped being a servant. We look at his three and a half years on earth and think that that was his time to be a servant. And then he died, was buried, resurrected, ascended to the majesty on high. And now he's king of kings and lord of lords. All that's true. But we think sometimes that it means he doesn't serve anymore. If you don't think he serves, then you don't know the God I'm talking about. Because he's still meeting all of my needs. He's still providing. Oh, If you don't think he's still a servant, I want to I try something. Just call on his name. Call on his name. Go ahead. Tell him. Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus. The song says he's as close as the mention of his name. All you got to do is call on him and he'll be right there. Just call on him and he'll show up. Because servanthood is the majesty on high. Servanthood is the glory of God. When you Live a life of service to others. You are, hallelujah, pleasing God. That's why Jesus met those people and said, I don't know who you are. Because when I was naked, you clothed me not. And when I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. And when I was hungry, you, you gave me no food. I don't even know who you are. Because when you did it to the least of these or did not do it to the least of these, you were doing it unto me or not doing it unto me. He was placing a premium on being servants. We see this from the book of James chapter 1. The book of James chapter 1 verse 22 says, Be ye doers of the word. And not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man, beholding his natural face in a glass or a mirror. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. James was telling us, don't just listen to the preached word of God, but let the preached word of God get in your bones and become a doer of what it is that you are hearing, what it is that you are listening. As a matter of fact, you can, even, you can even make the case that James is making a very clear distinction between hearing and doing. He's, he's explaining something to you. He's saying there's a lot of people who give audience to the preaching of the word, the reading of the word, and, and he said, now, now if you hear it and don't do it, you're like the individual who checks themselves out in the mirror. You know how you do before you go into a place? You've had a long car trip, road trip, and you're about to walk into a meeting. you got to go by a mirror before you go in just to make sure everything's where it needs to be. Ties all straightened up. Make sure you're looking sharp. Well, if you are a hearer of the word and not a doer, it's like you're looking in the mirror seeing a bunch of things that need to change 
and not doing anything about it. You need to go back to the mirror. You need to go back and check it out, make sure things are in place. The Word of God is like a mirror. When you look into the Word of God, it's like seeing yourself. All of your flaws, all of the things that need adjustment, all of the things that need to be changed. And, and it's one thing to, to see it, and it's another thing to then do it. And James was saying, don't be a hearer only, but a doer of the Word. Be a servant. Be somebody who will put into action what it is that the Word of God is telling us. So we, we look at this passage of scripture that, that we see of Jesus sitting down to eat with some of his very best friends. Martha and Mary were the sisters of the man Lazarus. Anybody ever heard of Lazarus? Maybe you heard of him this way, Lazarus come forth. That was Jesus' friend. And, and he wasn't just friends with Lazarus, but he was friends with Martha and he was friends with Mary and, and he went over to their house and the Bible says that he was eating with them and Martha had a, had a ministry of serving. And the scripture says that she was busy preparing. The Bible says she was cumbered about much serving. That means that she was burdened down. It was a drudgery to her. She was cumbered. It was cumbersome for her to be serving. She was doing, but she wasn't glad that she was doing. She was serving, but it was not a joy to her that she was serving. She was picking up plates and putting them in the sink, and she was wiping down the table, and she was, and the whole time she's looking at the corner of her eye at Mary, her sister, who's sitting at the feet of Jesus, and Jesus is just, he's eloquent. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And Mary's just like, oh my word, this is amazing stuff. She's writing stuff down. Yeah, what else? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Oh my, did you hear that, Martha? She's writing all this stuff down that Jesus is saying. And Jesus is just teaching and sharing and pouring out the word of God. And Mary is eating it up and Martha is in there running the water and scrubbing dishes and drying dishes and looking behind her back wondering if Jesus is going to see the injustice the, the inequity of what is happening I am left to this kitchen all by myself I've prepared the meal already I set the table and I vacuumed the house before he got here I set it out perfectly. We, we did all of this for his sake. And now that the dinner is done, surely Mary can rise to the occasion and begin to serve. She was cumbered about serving. I've seen people in the church be cumbered about serving. I've seen that happen. I've experienced it myself. When you're working, but all of a sudden you, you, you lose the joy of working. Where you're laboring, but, but all of a sudden it becomes a drudgery to feel good about laboring. Where you're doing what, what you know is right and what is good and what is helpful, but all of a sudden you look out your peripheral vision, you see somebody else not doing what they ought to be doing. You start seeing folks that don't care like you care. You start seeing people that don't, don't, don't want to serve the way you want to serve. And, and, a, and a drudgery will come upon you. I've seen people who at certain times in their walk with God, they served with a spirit of gratitude. I remember one lady years ago in the church that I grew up in, she would drive and pick people up. Every Sunday, bring them to the house of God. Bring them to the house of God. She saw that they had need and she would bring them to the house of God. And I remember when the, I remember when the burnout began to set in. And I, I recall when the attitude began to shift and, and the feeling began to become cumbersome. It was no longer a joy. It was no longer a cheerful giving of service. But, but something began to weigh on her spirit and, and she was doing it but, but not with gladness and 
singleness of heart. And, oh, beware, child of God. Beware, saint of God, that when you are doing the work of the Lord, the enemy would love to come in beside you and begin to discourage you and dishearten you and tell you that what you're doing does not matter. He wants to come beside you and tell you that somebody else ought to be doing something and they're not doing their part. And, and, and all of these thoughts and feelings began to course through your mind and through your spirit the way they did Martha's. And finally Martha protested and said, Jesus, I've waited for you to say something. But apparently you're not going to say anything. I am over here breaking my back. What, was the meal not good? I'm breaking my back trying to make this a happy day for everybody. Give everybody a happy occasion. And all I want is a little help. All I want is a little act of service, a little attitude of gratitude from Mary. And, and, and she will not help me out. So could you tell her for me? She's not going to listen to me. I told her before you got here, make sure you do the dishes when dinner's done. She forgot that, so you tell her. She seems to hang on to every word you speak. So you tell her to get up and go into the kitchen and help me with these dishes. And Jesus responded to Martha and said, Martha, you are careful and you are troubled about many things. But Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Now this, this, story, has, this story is a complex story because, ladies and gentlemen, Martha's not a villain. We look at Martha and we all look kind of on her side. I mean, we know prayer is great and worship is good, but we're kind of over here like, yeah, Martha's right. Mary, get up. Go do, so, go, go do something and help, help her out. Come on, Mary. Come on. Chop, chop. Let's do this. And, 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 and so we're looking at this story, and it's a, it's a little bit perplexing, but you've got to understand. Notice Jesus didn't say, Mary hath chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away. He said, Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away. What he was, what he was implying was that there are two parts to serving the Lord. One is doing, and one is hearing. One is doing, and one is hearing. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away. The reason he didn't call it the good part is because if he would have called it the good part, it would have implied that the other part is not good at all. But he said it's that good part. Both parts are good. That good part is good, and that good part is good. Doing the work and hearing the word. 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 Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Both are good, but Mary has chosen the correct order. She has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. See, if you choose the hearing part, the hearing part will get down inside of you and will change your whole life. If you choose the doing part without the hearing part, then ladies and gentlemen, you may never get around to hearing anything at all. You'll be so busy doing that you won't understand why you're doing it. There have been a lot of people that have done and done and done until they're all done. They do and they do more and they serve more and they labor more, but they don't take time to sit at his feet and hear his word. What Jesus was trying to tell Martha is, Martha, if you'll leave her here for a little while, I'm waiting for something to get a hold of her. Because if she will hear my word, hearing my word will get down deep on the inside of her and will become something that nothing else can bring I could tell her right now get up and go help Martha get up and do more but that's not what she needs right now she needs to hear my word until my word gets so deep on the inside of her that nothing shall be able to take it away from her 
I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. My job as a pastor is not to stand up here and tell you everything you need to do. My job as a pastor is to lead you into green pastures so you can eat on the Word of God and feed on the Word of God until God speaks to you. You need a one-on-one -on -one connection with God. You need to receive it for yourself. Self. You can't receive it vicariously. Some of you are still living on what grandma had. Some of you are still trying to thrive on what your grandfather had. You can't receive the word of God from what mom or dad or aunt or uncle or anybody else had. You've got to hear his word for yourself. Hallelujah. Jesus, let me tell you, Jesus was not saying, Martha, what you're doing doesn't matter. Jesus was not saying, what you're doing is unimportant and insignificant. He was saying, Martha, I get it. She'll be in there one day. Her time is coming. But right now, she's in a season of hearing. She's in a season of receiving. She's in a season of taking it all in. Don't interrupt somebody's need to hear the word of God in fact I'm going to implore somebody you need to get back to sitting at the feet of Jesus and hearing his word I can tell you all day long what I think you should do or what I did now go do that but that's not what makes the difference in a person's life what makes the difference in a person's life is when the heavens open before them when the presence of God descends down in front of them when the Holy Ghost falls like fire and they hear God say go and do oh hallelujah oh hallelujah my God have mercy the preacher can only say so much most of what I say is how to pray, how to believe, how to trust, how to be instructed, how to receive instruction, how to get into the word, how to seek the face of God. But ultimately what I'm trying to do is position you to where God can speak to you. See, the children of Israel didn't want God to speak to them. They were afraid of the voice of God. They said it scares them. Look, that's, look up on that mountain. Moses is telling them, here, come on up to the mountain with me. You need to hear the voice of God. You need to hear the word of God. It's a beautiful thing when you stand in the glory and in the power of the Lord. And they go out, look at that mountain, and they see darkness and tempest and a cyclone and lightning. And they hear thunder. And they look at Moses and say, we'll see you later. We're not going up on that mountain. And Moses said, I know it looks scary. But if you will enter into the presence and the glory of Almighty God. Hallelujah. His sweet voice will distill upon your ears. And he'll do something in your life that no preacher was able to do. Listen, I'm preaching right now. But it's not my voice that will change you. It's the word of God that will change you my prayer is Lord speak through me speak through me Lord let my words be your words you can't you can't you can't I can't give you a list that will bring you closer to God you just check the items off that list all I can do is like Moses look there's a mountain up there go on up to the mountain he's in the mountain you'll hear his voice you'll hear his word I said you'll hear his word and it'll change you they said we don't want it you go so Moses goes back before God hands in his pocket holding on to his staff he said they won't come up here Lord they want me to talk to you and then they want me to tell you what Tell them what you said. And God said, all right, I guess that's what we'll have to do. That's where you got the law of Moses. It wasn't even supposed to be the law of Moses. It was always supposed to be the law of the Lord. But if, if you don't hear it from the Lord, 
then it becomes the law of whoever you heard it from. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an added layer between you and a personal relationship with God. You don't need Moses or anybody else to go up into any mountain and talk to God on your behalf and come back to you with a message from him. You need to look under the hills from whence cometh your help. Your help cometh from the Lord. You need to, oh my God, have mercy. I am not your mediator. The preacher is not your mediator. There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I... I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to explain it. But something happens when God speaks it to you. I've preached things to people for years. Somebody told me one time, they said, you know what? I've heard you say such and such six times. But when you said it the seventh time. I don't know what was wrong with the first one, two, three, four. I don't know what I was doing wrong. But you know, the Lord spoke to me and said, see, see what I'm trying to show you. It's not that they're being rebellious and it's not that they're being resistant. Martha thought Mary was being resistant or rebellious. The Lord said it just took repetition and repeated refrains to finally open up the ears of revelation. And then I was able to speak the word. Hallelujah. That's why we got to keep preaching the truth and keep preaching Jesus. Hallelujah. If somebody doesn't get it the first time, preach it again. If they don't get it the second time, preach it again. If they don't get it the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, 80th, 90th, or 100th time, preach it, preach it, preach it until they hear God speak. Because I'm going to tell you something. Society can say it and it doesn't have the power. Preachers can say it and it won't have the same effect. But when the Lord steps down into your spirit and speaks a word. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Jesus said to his disciples, he said, I got a question for you guys. Who, who do men say that I am? You guys are out and about, going to the grocery store, going to the barber shop, going down to the, going, you know, riding the, at the camel station and everything. He said, who do men say that I am? And they said, well, I heard somebody say you were Jeremiah. A guy down the, down the road said, uh, I heard somebody say you were Elijah. Somebody said, I heard you, they said you were John the Baptist. And then Jesus said, okay, now, now I want to narrow this. Who do you say I am? Because I'm going to tell you something. It doesn't matter who everybody else says he is. I said, it does not matter who everybody, I don't care what commentary you are reading or what atheist you are listening to. It doesn't matter who everybody else says that he is. What matters is who do you say that he is? Now, I know who I say that he is. I say what Peter said. But, but, but you can sit on that seat for years and not have the same faith that I have. It matters who do you say that he is. And Peter, Simon Peter, is standing out in the crowd and he said, You are the Christ, the long-awaited Messiah. You're who Isaiah spoke about. You're who Hosea spoke about. You're who the psalmist wrote about. You're who Moses wrote about. You are the Christ and you are the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Whoa, whoa. Who said that? They said, Simon. And Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. Now listen to what he said. He said, your name has been Simon. I'm about to name, your, name you to Petra, Little Rock. Hallelujah. Not Little Rock, Arkansas, but just Little Rock. You are, you are Little Rock. Hallelujah. Because if you'll stand upon what you just said, the rock of this revelation, upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
He said, listen to what he said. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you. But my Father, which is in heaven, he has revealed it unto you. Now you hear what I'm telling I don't know how many times Simon Peter heard flesh and blood preach it but flesh and blood didn't reveal it I don't know how many times Simon Peter heard flesh and blood teach it but flesh and blood couldn't reveal it I don't know how many times Simon oh I wish I could tell it like I feel it but I do know that when God opened up his mind and spoke to his spirit he got it he got it he got it he got it he heard the word There's something about sitting at his feet and hearing his word. Oh, you'll serve like you never served before. You'll do like you've never done before. They won't be able to stop you. They won't be able to pull you back. You'll be running and not being weary, walking and not fainting. You'll mount up with wings like an eagle. Something happens when you hear God speak. Oh, hallelujah. I've learned, don't ask people to do things unless God is moving on their heart. Some people will do things and be mad the whole time they're doing it. Be bitter. Scowling. Then you walk by. Then you pass on through. Mad, bitter, burned out. That's if they only do, only do, only do. But if they'll take the time to hear. The hearing becomes doing. So, so you have to understand, when James talked about be a hearer, being the possibility of being a hearer and not a doer, he used a different word in James 1 than Paul used in Romans 10 when Paul said, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That word, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, it meant sitting at the feet and giving undivided attention to. When James said it's possible to be a hearer and not a doer, he was talking about listening. You know, listening to the, the preacher preach, you got four text messages going on while the preacher's preaching. You're making sure Bob Evans has room for your group at 1215. And, and the preacher's already encroaching on 1215. You're just barely listening. I mean, it is entering your auditory canal, but it's not registering. Romans 10, 17, when it says, faith cometh by hearing. I said, faith cometh by hearing. Faith without works is dead. But you can't even get faith unless you have hearing. Faith cometh by hearing. Giving audience to. That's why James distinguished between hearing the word passively and casually and listening to it and something kind of coming and going and passing through your ear canal and and then he and then he talked about the difference with looking into the perfect law of liberty something happens when people look into the perfect law of liberty something changes inside of them Hallelujah. They look into the grace of God. And they look into the glory of God. And they look into the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And they see Jesus prophesied in the Psalms and the Proverbs. And the Proverbs become more than just a collection of good ideas and nice little recommendations. And you begin to realize that every word of God is pure. And it is for the profiting of your soul. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine and reproof and correction and instruction in righteousness. Hallelujah. You could hear you could hear the story of Daniel, Jonah, Job, Noah, Moses and all of it just passed right on through until you stop Sit at his feet. Look into the perfect law of liberty. 
and the windows of heaven peel back before your very eyes and you see into the glory of the Lord. How many remember those little paintings they used to have and they're probably still around somewhere where it looks like just a bunch of nonsensical designs on the painting but they tell you just to stare really close and, and if you stare long enough here focus on this point right here then all of a sudden this picture will emerge anybody know what I'm talking about I could never see what they were talking about it was the most frustrating one of the most frustrating things in life I'm still bitter about it We'd be walking down the street, and, and here there'd be one by the window, and I couldn't resist. I'd be like, all right, got to check this out because they say there's a picture in there, and I'd look at it, and I'd have a group of five or six people. We'd all be staring at it, and one by one, they say, oh, I see it. What is it? <laughs> and then the second person went, oh, my word, look at that. And I'm like, what, what, where? Three, four, all of them are seeing it, and now they're walking on down the sidewalk, and I've been there now 30 minutes looking But when you look into the law, the perfect law of liberty, when you sit at the feet of Jesus and you get in this word of God and you just stare at John 1 and, and just keep looking at it. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld this glory. The glory is I see it. I see it. Jesus is the almighty God manifest in the flesh. He took upon himself the form of a servant. I see it. He, he showed it to me. He revealed it to me. It shall never be taken away. If God gives it to you, it'll never be taken away. Demons from hell can't drag it out of you. No devil in hell can drag it out of you. Disease won't take it from you. You hear what I'm telling you? Persecution won't take it from you. You'll say like Paul said, I am persuaded that nothing shall be able to separate me from the love of God. I heard the Christian message. I heard it. I heard it, Paul said. It made me mad. It made me so mad I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to kill the Christians. But I was riding down the road to Damascus with blood-stained letters authorizing me to martyr every Christian I see. But a great light began shining above the brightness of the sun. Woo. And I'm going to tell you something. This revelation that God wants to give you is a light greater than anything you've ever seen. It will get your attention. It was shining above the brightness of the sun. Knocked him down into the road. He looked up into the heavens and said, Who art thou, Jehovah? And Jehovah said, I am Jesus. You know how many people he heard talk about Jesus? But something happened when Jesus spoke. Hallelujah. I remember sitting in a... I remember sitting in a church service. My dad was the pastor, and I was a kid, 10 years old. I was on the front row. We were having revival. I mean, we were having revival. Good old-fashioned, apostolic Holy Ghost revival. Folks getting the Holy Ghost, folks getting healed. It was a power. Amen. I'm talking about the old landmark revivals. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the service, the back door flew open. And a lady, a lady came running down the middle aisle. Now, we don't want to go back quite to this, but she, she had on a, it was nighttime, she had on a nightgown and an overcoat. But she came all the way down to the front of that church, came up to the platform, grabbed my father by the lapels, and said, baptize me. Baptize me in Jesus' name. He didn't know what in the world. He thought she was going to body slam him. He didn't know what was. 
he said, what, what in the world have I got my, what am I tangled up with here? And she said, baptize me in Jesus' name. And she said, I was sitting in my, in my living room. I knew this revival was going on. I thought about going, but I was sitting in my living room. She said, I'm so broken. I'm so depressed. I'm so addicted. I'm so, I'm so down and out. And I was getting ready to call it a night, but the Lord spoke to me. It was so real and it was so raw. He said, go now to that church and be baptized in the precious name of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you something. She had heard preacher after preacher after preacher say it. But there's something about when God says it. When you hear his word, when you hear his word, it'll, it'll quicken something on the inside. You'll grab the nearest top coat you've got and you'll run to do what God said to do. Something happens when God begins to speak. The book of Daniel says this, and I'm coming to a close. The book of Daniel says this. It says, the people who do know their God will be strong and do great exploits. Not the people who know about God, but the people who do know their God. If you know him. Hallelujah, you will do great exploits. Hallelujah, if you know him. Hallelujah, you will do great exploits. Samuel's alone in his room and he hears the voice, Samuel. And he gets up from that place, goes to his, his, his pastor, his priest, Eli, and said, Eli, did you call me? I didn't call you. Go back and go to sleep. Here's it again, Samuel. He gets up and says, Eli, I, I, I'm pretty sure you called me because you're the only one in here. And somebody's yelling. And, and he said, no, go back and go to sleep. By the third time, he heard Samuel. And Eli realized, Samuel, you're not just hearing anybody. The Lord is trying to speak to you. This is what you say. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. I've come to let somebody know God is trying to talk to you. If you've wondered, is that the Lord? I've come to tell you it's the Lord. If you've wondered, is God trying to get my attention? You hear what I'm telling you. He's trying to get your attention. That's the good part. If you get a hold of that good part, it'll never be taken away from you. Come on, somebody lift up your hands unto the Lord. Come on, lift up your hands unto the Lord all across this house. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. He's been reaching for you. He's been calling unto you. Hallelujah. He's been beckoning you. Reach out to him right now and say, Lord, I hear you. Lord, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Thank you, Jesus. Too many have a casual relationship with God. It's time to move beyond casual. Thank you, Jesus. It's time to move beyond casual and into the glorious presence of God. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm getting ready to make these altars open. But before I do, I, want to just, I just want to share with you. I want to share with you. Jesus found himself defending this woman. Defending this woman. Martha, Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. And, 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 and I'm not telling you she shouldn't help you. She should. But if she helps you now, it should just be doing it out of drudgery. But if you let her spend some time in my presence, she'll do it with joy. With joy. With gladness. With gratitude. Something happens at the feet of Jesus. We see this demoniac man who was raging and nobody knew how to handle him or control him. He was a wild man. Didn't wear any clothes. They put chains on him. He ripped the chains off of him. He was devil possessed. But the Bible says when Jesus came onto the scene, he ran and fell at his feet and worshipped him. People walked by and every time they saw that man, all those years, he was, he was a crazy man, devil possessed, unclean, unkept. But now, he's sitting at the feet of Jesus. He's clothed He's in his right mind. That's what happens at the feet of Jesus. Jesus had another dinner at Simon's house. And while he had this dinner at Simon's house, this same woman, Mary, comes staggering into the room with a box of spices. 
She interrupted the whole dinner. People trying to eat. You know Martha was looking at her like, oh no. Please tell me this is not happening. She's telling people, don't catch this. Don't put this on YouTube. Don't put this on YouTube. Mary. She, she walks to, to where she knows what she will receive. She comes to the feet of Jesus. She breaks open those spices and she begins to pour them upon his feet, that oil upon his feet. She weeps upon his feet. Tears are falling on his feet and she begins to dry his feet with her hair. And Judas of all people began to criticize her for this, this, this display. And Jesus, nobody, nobody wanted to say anything, but Jesus perceived their thoughts. He said, leave her alone. Against the day of my burying, she has kept this. This was going to be the spice. These were going to be the spices that were going to preserve his body. But she had looked so much and heard so much and listened so much and gave audience so much to his words that the revelation came upon her. He's not going to be dead for long. He's not going to be dead nearly long enough for these spices to even matter. When she staggered into that room, she had just come upon the revelation that he's going to die and he's going to be buried and he's going to rise from the dead. And she didn't care who was eating and she didn't care what the program was or what the agenda was. I just came upon a revelation. I know what he means when he said, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. And all of these spices that I thought mattered and all of these accomplishments that I thought were worth something and all of these things that I thought really meant something, they're not going to matter at all. And she poured it all upon the feet of Jesus. I wonder if there's anybody in this place who can let God speak to your heart and let you know the things you thought were important, they're not important at all. What matters is being at the feet of Jesus Christ, hearing His Word. His Word will quicken everything in you that needs to quicken. His Word will turn everything in you that needs to turn. His Word will heal everything in you that needs to be healed. Oh, bless His holy name. Come on, somebody lift up His name today. All across this house, I want some folks to just praise His holy name. Come on, praise His holy name. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's stand to our feet right now in the presence of the Lord. Let's stand to our feet right now in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. I want you to do, I want you to serve, I want you to, I want you to do what God has called you to do. I, I want you to do things, do great exploits. But I'm going to tell you what I want more than any of that. I want you to hear the clear, articulate word from heaven. Get it down deep in your soul. And if it'll get there, we won't have to worry about anybody doing anything. We'll be itching to do what God told us to do. We'll be running to do what God told us to do. I need somebody who needs to hear his word. I need you to come forward right now. I preached, but I'm not talking about hearing a sermon. I'm talking about hearing, hearing his word. Have you heard his word? Have you heard his word? I'm not talking about point A, B, C. I'm talking about hearing God speak through his word. Come on, somebody. I need folks that need a word today, who need a word today. Oh, bless his name. Oh, bless his name. Oh, bless his name. Oh, bless his name. Come on, somebody. Come on. If you need a word from God, his word is distilling in this atmosphere. His word is like the rain that falls from heaven. Hallelujah. It's like the dew. It's like the snow. Hallelujah. Let me stay at rest. In your holiness. Word of God speak. Word of God speak. Pour down like rain. Washing my eyes to see. Your majesty. To be still and know. You're in this place. Please let me stay and rest. 
Hallelujah. In your holiness, holy name, the word of God speaks. Oh, would you pour down like rain? Pour down like rain. Washing my eyes to see God in your majesty. To be still and know that you're in this place. Please let me stay in rest in your whole word. I want somebody right now that needs a word from God. If you need a word from God, I want you just to step into his presence right now. All across this house. You've been going through some things. And I'm going to tell you before God gives, I'm going to just tell you right now, before God gives you a solution, He's going to give you a word. Before He gives you a resolution to your problem, He's going to give you a word. That's how He works. He says peace, and then He says be still. He's going to give you peace through His word, and then He's going to still the storm. But you want Him to still the storm, you don't want to hear from heaven. No, no, no. It's going to come from heaven first. On earth as it is in heaven. I want those that need a word from God right now, lift up your hand and say, God, I, I just speak the word. Just speak the word. Just speak the word. The word only. Speak the word only. And something's going to happen in my life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. That's it in the name of the Lord. That's it in the name of the Lord. Let God minister right now. Let God minister right now. Let God minister right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Speak, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Speak, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord God, right now in your name. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Yes, Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Come on. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Speak to us. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. So, word of God, speak. Would you pour down like rain? Washing my eyes to see your majesty to be still and know that you're in this place. Oh, that's it. The Holy Ghost is doing something. The Spirit of the Lord is moving in this house. The Spirit of the Lord is moving in this house. Word of God speak. Would you pour down that grace? Washing my eyes to see. Come on, right where you stand. Let oh, God minister to you right now. Right where you stand. Be still and know. Be still and know. That you're in this place. You're in this place. Please let me Come on, I need somebody who needs to know that God is with them. I need somebody that needs to know God is here. Lift up your hands and let the word of God speak to you. Would you pour down my grave? Oh. Washing my eyes, washing my eyes, your majesty, majesty, to be still and know, be still and know, you're in this place, you're in this place. Please let me stay, let me stay rest in your home, speak, Lord, speak, Lord, speak, Jesus, God, speak, Lord. Let my heart hear you, Lord. Let my heart hear speak, you. Lord. Speak, Lord. Speak to us, God. Oh, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Oh, speak, Lord. One more time. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. You pour down like rain. Hallelujah. Oh, washing my eyes to washing see. Washing my eyes to see. 
your majesty to be still and know that you're in this place please let me stay and rest in your holiness oh sing it again a word of god speak would you pour down like rain washing my eyes to see your majesty still to be still come on that's it that's it that's it let the lord do it right now please let me let 